for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at newsongplymouth.church. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Um, that being said, are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? All right, get your sermon notes out. I have changed the topic for the day. I know last year or last week, Pastor Pat told you we were going to talk about the Song of Solomon. We will do that. It's going to be next Sunday, so it's going to get really, it's going to get really saucy in here next Sunday morning. Okay, you don't want to miss that. And I'm going to explain to you why the Song of Solomon, why the Song of Songs is in the Bible, and the meaning behind it. And I would just dare you to read it before between now and then if you haven't done it already. And uh, it's very graphic. Um, it's awesome. Awesome, everybody. It's really cool. And um, you're, you're going you're gonna to love it. And the spiritual meaning behind it is just so absolutely beautiful. It is so beautiful. And you're going to be so encouraged and you're going to be so much more in love with Jesus when you leave this place next Sunday morning, okay? So be here. And as we answer that question, what's up with the song of Solomon? Now, that, that being said, today I'm going to answer a question that I, I did not expect to answer in the series, but the Lord really spoke to me while I was gone, and uh, I knew exactly what I was supposed to say when I, uh, upon my return this morning, and I'm going to tell you some stories, some things that we've seen uh, that we saw this past week, but I'm going to answer a question this morning that we get a lot, and sometimes people don't know that they're asking it. But the question that we're going to answer this morning is, how do I hear the voice of God? And, and maybe even a better way to express that is, how do I know it's the voice of God? So how do I hear the voice of God, and how do I know it's the voice of God? And I would tell you, there are many times throughout the year where people come in and meet with me or meet with my wife, and they say, well, God told me it's okay to do this, and, and it's our duty, and, and, and we don't like these conversations we, sometimes we have to look at people in the eyes and say, no, he didn't. He did not tell you to do that. And he did not tell you to do that because it's contrary to his word. It's contrary to, its, to his character. And, and um, you know, let me say it like this, everybody. Well, no, 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 no. I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to ruin it. How do I hear the voice of God? And how do I know it's the voice of God? And I'm going to read some scriptures to you before we go uh, any further. And I'm going to read these slowly because I want them to really sink in. I, I don't want us to read this portion of Scripture and just go, go through it so quickly that we don't let it settle into our hearts this morning, okay? So let's read out of 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. This is out of the New Living Translation. It says, do not love this world and don't love the things that it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. Just let that sink in. This is a Salem moment, a pause and think calmly moment. Do you love the world more than you love your heavenly Father? The Bible says that's not the way to live life. For the world offers only a, here's, here's the first one, a craving for physical pleasure. How many know that we live in very much in a sex-driven culture? They have a craving for physical pleasure. The second thing, a craving for everything that we see 
just stuff. Oh, I see that, I want that. I see that, I want that. I see that, I want that. I have cravings for stuff. And the third thing, pride in our achievements and our possessions. Hey, everybody, you got to check out my new car. Isn't it awesome? Well, that $700 payment isn't. I can promise you that. How many know what I'm talking about there? A pride in our achievements and our possessions. These are not from the Father. Now, that's pretty cut and dry, isn't it? That these things are not from the Father, but are from this world. There are only two kingdoms, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of the devil. And there is no in-betweens. So if it is not of the kingdom of light, if it is not of the kingdom of God, it is obviously of the kingdom of darkness. So, so these are not from the Father, but are from this world, and this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. Like all of those things that we put our time and effort into, into pursuing. Well, I want to make enough money so I can get this, and I want this, and I've always dreamed about this, and I'm going to go after this. Can I tell you? All of that stuff is fading away. It's not eternal. It's just temporary, and it's just stuff. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. And, and what that's saying is to put this in context because a lot of people says, okay, well, if, if, I, if I just live my life to obey God, then he'll be happy with me and accept me. That's a works mentality, and that's not what this verse is saying. In fact, at the very beginning of it, it says, don't love the things of this world. Because if you love the things of this world, the, the love of the Father is not in you. So this is not talking about works. This verse is actually talking about love. But we'll know that we love God. We know that we love God when we look at the things of this world and say, you know what, those things are just temporal, they're meaningless. My heart and my affection is set on the Lord Jesus Christ and my heavenly Father, and I just live to do what pleases him because he's a great dad to me, and I just love him. You see the difference? There's a big difference. So we're not, we're not talking today about legalism. We're not talking about works. We are talking about a deep, affectionate love for God. A deep, affectionate love for God. So how do I know the voice of God? How do I hear the voice of God? I want you to write this down. The Word of God. Let's write that down. The Word of God. God speaks through His Word. God speaks through his word. And in this portion of scripture, you're going to notice something. It's like, here's the things that we deal with. We deal with the craving for physical pleasure, the craving for everything we see, and, and our pride and achievements and possessions. Instead of craving our father, we crave things around us. In, 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 instead of craving a relationship with our heavenly father, we crave stuff. And it's a, it's a me, me, me mentality versus him. That's what that's saying. Are you going to focus your life on me, me, me? Cravings, cravings, pride. 
Or are you going to focus your life on a relationship, a true relationship with him? And the word of God, everybody, the word of God will speak to you and does speak to you if you if you read it, if you study it, if you ingest it, the word of God will change to you and the word of God is the voice of God to you. The word of God, you can write that down, the word of God is the voice of God. The word of God is the voice of God. So, so let me say it like this then. We must not live in opposition to the word of God. We cannot live in opposition to the word of God. And what does the word of God say? That all of the things that we pursue in this life, in this world, they're all fading away. But our relationship with our heavenly father never will. Like we will enjoy him forever as we love him with all of our hearts and, and if you, let, let me say it this way, everybody, because I'm teaching you about how to hear the voice of God and how to know the voice of God. If you, if you live your life to defend things in your life, you're probably not listening to the voice of God. If you live your life and, and you have to stand in front of somebody or sit down in front of somebody, sometimes people will come to my office and say, well, you know what? God just said that this is okay for me. Like I was praying about it and God said it was okay. And I, and I open up my Bible and say, well, what does the Bible say? Does the Bible say that it is right or wrong? Well, I know what the Bible says, but you know what? I was talking to God and God is okay with it. For now, he's fine. For now, he's fine. Can I tell you something, everybody? If you have to sit there and not, and, and instead of defending the word of God, you, dis, you defend your own view, it is sin. It is sin. Is this too, is this too much for you? Are, you? are you with me? This, this, is, good, this is good stuff. I'm, I'm teaching you how to live life. I, I'm teaching you how to experience real life, not the cravings of the flesh, not the cravings for more stuff and not the pride that you would have in your life, but craving the Lord Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father. And if you have to sit there and defend your view instead of defending the word of God, you are not listening to his voice because his word is his voice. And if you want to know what to do, obey the word of of the Lord. Obey the word of the Lord. Well, God just told me that this is okay. Not if it opposes the word of God. And I could give you so many illustrations about that. I'm, I'm hesitant to do so. But I think deep down inside, the Holy Spirit loves us so much that he'll speak to us and he'll say, really? Why are you defending that? Really? Where does it say that in the Bible? Well, I've heard the voice of God, not, 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 if, you, not if it opposes his word, because the word of God is the voice of God. And the voice of God is the word of God. Everybody see it? Okay, so how do we know God's voice? First of all, we know his word. He speaks to us through his word. Let's look at this next portion of scripture. 1 John 3, 16 through 18. Again, I'm going to read this slowly. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life 
for us. We know what love is. Love, what it's saying is love is sacrificial. Love is sacrificial. We know what love is. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and our sisters. We know what real love is because we saw the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He gave us an example. Likewise, we are also meant to sacrifice our lives for the sake of others. Yep, we have a pastor. I've always wanted this, and I've, I've always been pursuing this, and this has always been my dream, and if I give up this, then it's gonna cost me something. It cost Jesus everything. It cost him everything. I know this is serious stuff, right? Serious stuff. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let's show the truth by our actions. Like if you say you love somebody, but there is no compassion associated with it, do you really love God? You know, I I was thinking, it's easy for us to go down to Haiti and have compassion on these children that are so poor, they don't have any clothes, they just run around naked. It is so, it's so easy for us to go down there and have compassion when we go into, into um, the city and we roof somebody's house and, and we call it a house, but it's not really a house at all. Can I tell you, their houses are about 20 times worse than the shed in your backyard. They don't even have a floor, everybody. It's just dirt. And many times they don't even have a bed. They just sleep on the dirt. And by the way, none of them have running water. They don't have bathrooms. You know where they use the bathroom? Anywhere they want. And we're constantly telling mission teams, don't lean against that wall. Don't lean against that wall. Don't you sit there because you don't know who's been there before you. As you're driving the streets of Jeremy, Haiti, you see people urinating everywhere. All, all, just everywhere, just, just like you would see here in America, a dog walking down the street and marking his territory, you see that except, except from humans in Haiti. I'm just telling you how it is. Like, we, we had to, you know, we took our daughter, Grace, who's 14, we took her to, to Haiti with us, and we just told her, be ready, be ready, and if, if you see something like that, just turn away, because you're going to see it. You're going to see naked people. You're going to, you're going to see people using the bathroom out in the open. And, and so, so a lot of the Haitians that, that used to live that life have now gotten into this ministry called Haiti Bible Mission. And what's so interesting, everybody, is they lived the worst of the worst, like the poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere is Haiti. 
And, and these young men and women come out of that environment and they go into Haiti Bible Mission and they're, they're trained and they're loved on and they get some level of salary and they get, they get clothes and they get uh, food every day and they have actually running water there and they can take a shower. And, and you know what the, the, the missionary told me? He said, Justin, he said, I'm, I'm gonna have you speak to all of our leaders today and I just want you to, to address at least one issue. I said, what's that? Compassion. Compassion. Because our Haitian leaders, they, we find that once we rescue them and bring them in, they lose the compassion for those right there in their own city who, who's living in, in total poverty. If it can happen to Haitians, how much more can it happen to Americans who never had to live like that? You haven't even know what I'm talking about. Like if it can happen to the poorest of the poor, surely it can happen to us that we lose our compassion. We lose our compassion. We'll say, well, I mean, you know, if God told me about that, I would do something about it. If God just spoke to me about that, I, you know, I just don't know what God wants me to do. I, I don't know. Can I, can I tell you something about knowing the voice of God? Uh, remember in 1 Kings chapter 19, uh, Elijah had this moment with God and God showed up with, first of all, in, in, the, in the wind. And the wind was so strong that it was shattering rocks on the mountainside. But the Bible says God wasn't in the wind. And then an earthquake showed up, and, and it says God wasn't in the earthquake. And then there was a fire, but God wasn't in the fire. But then all of a sudden, Elijah heard something, and it was just a whisper. God was in the whisper, and he spoke to Elijah through a whisper. Now, I want you to write this down. The first one is the word of God. The second one is the whisper of God. How do you know the voice of God? There is, there is a whisper of God. He will speak to you through a whisper. He'll speak through, to you through a whisper. Let me, let me say it this way. He, he'll speak to you through impressions. He'll speak to you through, through you noticing something that you've never noticed before. He'll, he'll speak to you when you look at somebody and say, whoa, something, something's, okay, God, what is that? What am I sensing here, God? It's a whisper. It's a whisper. My wife and I had this in, in, incredible moment. Um, <laughs> this is so cool. I just love this. Uh, as, as we were getting to know the Haitian leaders at HBM, at Haiti Bible Mission, um, there, there was a, a, young name, a, a young man that just captured my attention. And some, it was a whisper of God. There's something different about this young man, although he's 32. But now that I'm 46, I guess I can say that. He's a young man. And to the point that I even told my wife, there, there's a Haitian leader that you got to meet. I don't know anything about him, but there's something about him. There's just something about him. His name is Bearnock. Bearnock. And after I started talking to this man and, and, and getting to know him, and he had spoke very broken English, but, but we, we could communicate slowly, but we could. And, and the missionary came up to me, Mark Stockland came up to me. He said, he said hey, I, I see that you've met Bearnock. Um, this is one of our pastors in our church, and we're training him to plant another church here in Jeremy. But, oh, that's what it is. It's a call. It's a call of God on his life, and I sensed it. 
And I, I started asking questions. Well, is, you know, is he married? Oh, yes, he's married, but he doesn't have any, any children as of yet, and we're just training him to be a pastor. I said, okay. And I, I want to I meet his wife. And, um, but she wasn't around. I heard her name was Wishling, but she wasn't around. Um, she was taking classes. She's uh, taking classes to be a teacher um, there in Haiti. And, and um, so I didn't, I didn't think anything else of it. I just didn't think we were going to meet, meet Wishling. And so Saturday night comes, and my wife says, Hey, Justin, I met the greatest lady today. She's just wonderful. Her name is Wishling. And I said, oh, that's, that's Bear Knox's wife. She's like, oh, you got to meet her. You got to meet her. And I said, I would love to meet her, but, you know, when? Because she wasn't around the compound. She wasn't around. And, and so, um, again, gave it no more thought. The next morning we went to church. It was, a, it was obviously last Sunday morning, a week ago today. We went to their service. They have services very early in the morning. Uh, it starts at 8 o'clock in the morning because the heat is so bad. They, they just want to get people in here and, and help people stay cool during the service because their building is not like our building. How many know what I'm talking about? It's just, it's just block walls, no air conditioning, no, no anything. I mean, it's just benches that are so uncomfortable that are hand-built, you know, and just, again, very, very, very poor. And... Um, and so we went to church, and, and as we were worshiping the Lord, of course, everything is in Creole. We don't know anything that's going on. We don't know anything that's being said. And, 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 and as I'm just looking around and watching people and, and watching these Haitians just worship the Lord. I was so encouraged by it. I was just watching them praise Jesus, and they're all smiling and happy. And I think, wow, you are so poverty-stricken, and yet you're worshiping Jesus like you are. You're so... Can I tell you, everybody, that, that I've met some Haitians that are far more, more joyful than any American I've ever met, and they have far less than we have. How I many you know the joy of the Lord is our strength? It's not found in stuff. It's the joy of the Lord. And, and I'm, I'm watching people worship, and there's, there's this lady sitting on the center aisle about three or four rows ahead of me, and she's worshiping Jesus. She's worshiping Jesus. And as she's, she's worshiping Jesus and singing, all of a sudden she starts marching. And nobody else is marching. It's just her. And she's like singing, and her hand is just, she's just marching. And I thought, ooh, there's something about her. Something about her. And I had this thought, if she's single, these Haitians would be nuts not to pursue her because she's a woman of God. Like You just tell. It was just all over her. So we go outside, and my wife says, Justin, 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 Whistling is here. I want you to go meet Whistling." I thought to myself, no way. Sure enough, who does my wife go take me and introduce me to? The same woman that I'm watching worship Jesus and say, there's something about her is the same one my wife said, this is Bear Knox's wife, the pastor's wife. Impressions, the whisper of God, the whisper of God, he'll just whisper to you. He'll just give you. He'll just give you an idea. He'll give you. He'll give you some discernment. He'll he'll give you an impression, and he'll just you'll just know something on the inside. Like that person is marked. That person is just marked. So then, Mark, the missionary, pulled the society. Said, "Hey, you know what?" Um, well, we asked him, we said, hey, what else do you guys do here at HBM, and what all are you involved in? Because we know they do a lot of work in the city. In fact, they took us to a high point above Jeremy. Jeremy's about 120,000 people. 
that took us to a very high point overlooking. And he said, every house you see down there, which are just shacks, every shack that you see down there with a shiny roof, that's ours. That's like we, and they, there were hundreds of them, hundreds of them, where they would just go out and, because you know, her, her, the hurricane, the Matthew that went through there a few years ago, just wiped them out. And HBM just went in there and just, just did this miraculous work. I mean, just incredible work. And, and, um, so we're asking, what else, what else do you do? What else do you do here at HBM? What else do you do in, in Jeremy? He said, well, actually, we've, he said the church that we went to this morning, that was one of our churches. We've planted four churches here in Jeremy, and we have two more that we want to start planting, but uh, we just don't have the funds for those yet. And I said, I said, he said, in fact, one of them I, I want to show you today. I, I just want to, he said, if the Lord puts it on your heart to start a church here in Jeremy, he said, I know you guys are passionate about church planting. If God puts it on your heart to start a church and Jeremy, I, I, I want to take you and go show you this church. And I said, I said, absolutely, I'd love, I'd love to see that church. Then I said, who, who, are you raising, who are you raising up for this church that you want us to plant? He said, well, you met Baranach, didn't you? I said, yes, I did. He said, he's going to be the pastor of this church. I said, oh, how, how many know that God whispers to you? He, he's talking to you. And so we went to go see this church, and I brought some pictures of it this morning. Let's show some pictures here. See, below that top portion is actually the church. Did I tell you that their churches don't look like ours, right? The bottom portion is actually a school, and the school is functioning, but when they build houses in Haiti, they always build the roof as always a concrete roof. That way they can go up two stories or three stories if they need to. Because uh, space, property is very expensive in Haiti, believe it or not. So they buy a very, very small parcel, and they go up. That's how they built. So the church would actually would be located on the top of that building. Let's go to the next slide. There's Jennifer and I standing in it. The, half of it is already completed. It's kind of like a, they use it for an extra school room. The other half would be still be part of the church. Let's go to the next slide. There's a different view of it. Again, that's the second story. The, the back of it is the enclosed part, actually just partially enclosed. They would actually frame in this side just with a half wall and put, and put a tin roof on top of it. Very, very simple. But uh, it, it, there's a nice breeze up there because it's so tall above the city. There's a nice breeze. Let's go to the next slide. There we are looking o o from the other direction. That's what it looks like. You can see the, you can see the uh, ocean out there just... Just past the houses, do you see that? That's how close Jeremy is. Actually, Jeremy is a, a port town. And that half wall right there that, to, to your right, that's actually starting to fall over. And uh, we would have to, we'd have to brace that up again. But there we are standing what, where, where the pulpit would be is where we're standing right there. Let's get the next slide. That's the view. If you're standing up on, on the church and looking down into, back into Jeremy, there's the, the, that zone. It, it's a community. They have, that's a park that they have right there, and it is a huge meeting place. There were probably 100 people located behind those trees, and, and that means everybody, this, the parks are the, the central meeting places, and this church is right there, meaning it's a great location to reach people with the gospel of, of Jesus. It is a, just a perfect location. Let's go to the next slide. That's the inside of the room. The, you know, the, the room that was kind of half built on the top? That's what it looks like on the inside. They, the, right now, they're just using it for storage. And hit the next one. And there's Bearnock right there. Jennifer and I in Bearnock. What look at that countenance, everybody. The love of Jesus is in that face. 
And if you could, if you could meet Bearnock in person, you, you would sense what we sensed. You would, you just look at him and say, "There's a man of God." Like there's a man of God. In fact, the whole week, uh, he just started calling us his family. He said, "You're like family to me. You're like family to me." So much so that it, uh, we were hiking up, we were hiking up uh, this this hill to Tewoos, and and Bearnock considers us family now. And and so, you know, we're white people that are not used to climbing these big hills that are very steep, by the way. And um, as we're going up, but Bearnock wants to help. So he's trying to, you know, grab to our arms, grab our hands, and he's trying to help us down. But when he's doing that, he's, help, he's helping so much that he's actually pushing us off the trail, you know, onto places that it's slick and we're sliding. He's like, oh, no, no, I got you, I got you, I got you. And we're like, dude, just let me walk on the trail. Like, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I can walk, you know, I can, I can walk. But he, he was so, like, he just felt attached to us. And this is so interesting because he was doing that before he knew that we were interested in, in, in helping him start this church. And Jeremy, it's gonna cost about $5,000 to start this church. And we're gonna do it, everybody. Why? Because, because of a whisper of God. Because of a whisper of God. He, he speaks in whispers. But here, here's, here's the point, everybody. We don't quiet ourselves enough to hear the whisper of God. Our lives are too loud. They're too noisy. They're too busy. By the way, your impressions, the whisper of God will never contradict his word either. And if you hear a whisper that contradicts his word, it is not of God. Period. It's not of God. He's speaking, but the church in America is failing at listening. He's speaking. I promise you, if you're a child of God, he's speaking to you. By the way, if you're not a child of God, he's still speaking to you too. He's calling you to himself. I promise you, new song, listen to your pastor. God is whispering to you. He's speaking to you. He's giving you impressions. He's, he's letting you see things that you've never seen before. He's showing you needs that you've never seen before. But you got to pay attention. You got to pay attention. Galatians 6.10. Let's hit the final verse. Therefore, therefore, whenever... We have the opportunity we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Whenever we have the opportunity, how do we know it's the voice of God? How do we hear the voice of God? We have the word of God. We have the whisper of God. Now write this down. We have the whenever of God. The whenever of God. How does he speak to us? Whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Um, the whenever of God. Remember the story of the Good Samaritan. Um, 
He, he just came upon, the Good Samaritan just came upon an opportunity. He just saw somebody in need, and the Good Samaritan took advantage of the opportunity. How many know what I'm talking about in the Bible? The opportunity was there. He didn't have to, 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 he didn't have to open up the word of God. He didn't even need to hear the whisper of God. He just saw the whenever of God. Whenever there's an opportunity to do, to do good, especially to those in the family of faith, we need to do Good. So God speaks to us in God speaks to us through his word and through whispers, but he also speaks to us through whenevers. Through whenevers. <laughs> this is good stuff, by the way. And, and can I tell you about the Good Samaritan? We always say, oh wow, he, he's the Good Samaritan, and look what he did to help to help this person. Let's go, let's go behind that for a second, because we have a man that was walking down the road. Watch this, watch this, everybody. Before he ever knew of a problem, he was fully supplied to take care of the problem. When he got there on, on that road and saw that man who had been beaten and who needed help, guess what the Good Samaritan already had? He already had oil and wine, the Bible says. He already had transportation. Remember, he had a donkey. He had transportation. And he already had money because he gave it to the man at the end to say, hey, take care of this man until he's well. And if you need more money, I'll come back and pay the difference. How many know what I'm talking about? So, so let me say it like this. He was already fully supplied that when the whenever happened, he could, he could make the most of that opportunity. Can I tell you, everybody? We are super supplied in America. Do you have oil in your house? Do you have transportation? Do you have a little bit of money in the bank, a little bit of money in your, in your wallet? Then I promise you, there will be some opportunities. And you need to be ready for the whenever, for the whenever. Uh, let, let me say it this way. Um, God, God I, I told the group this while we were gone, it is so true, it just hit home to all of us, that God takes care of us so that we can take care of others. God takes care of me so I can take care of others. God takes care of this church so we can take care of others. I don't know where that $5,000 is gonna come from for the church plant, I don't know, but I know it'll come. Why? Because I heard the whisper of God. My wife heard the whisper of God. And because it's a whenever moment. <laughs> because there's an opportunity there, everybody. We got to make the most of those opportunities. And God will supply us with what we need in order to supply what he needs in reaching this world. When God takes care of us, it's because he wants us to take care of others. He did not give you money to hoard it. You are blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed to be a blessing. When we got down there at HBM, the day that we arrived at HBM, I looked at a generator that was running outside, a generator that I saw two years ago, and it was in bad shape then. And there's this generator, and it's, it's, it's running, and it is smoking like nobody's business. And I, I, I think to myself, Wow. That thing's going to have to be replaced. That is awful. Well, the very next day, the missionary came to us and said, hey, our, our generator went down. We have to get another generator. It's $13,500. 
And, and let me tell you, everybody, how, how many know electricity in Haiti is not like electricity here in America? You know that, right? Th- this, this mission's work has to have a generator. They have to. It's how they survive. It's, it's how they survive to do the work that God has called them to do. And my wife looked at me and just gave me the eyes. What are you going to do? How many know that look? Gentlemen, you know that look? You, you know that look? Like, you're going to do something about this. I said, I know. And I, I went to Mark, the, it, I went to Mark the, the missionary. I said, I said we're going to give $5,000 towards that. I, I can't pay for it all. $5,000, that's a lot of money for our church, but we're going to give it. I already pledged it. Don't know where that money's coming from. But how many know that God takes care of us so we can take care of others? And we are meant to live to make a difference in the world. And we are blessed to be a blessing. And as I meet the needs of others, guess what God does? He turns around and meets my needs. When, when we meet the needs of others, God meets our needs. It's just how it works, everybody. You know what's cool? We were driving down the road. You got time for one more story? We were driving down the road, and I was with, I was with Mark. I was in his, in his truck. Um, there you have to have trucks. You have to have four-wheel drive. You, it's rough. The roads are not like what they are here. And uh, driving down the road, and, and there's this moto, this motorcycle coming down the, the road, and it has, it has uh, a guy in camouflage. He was a member of SWAT, the SWAT and Jeremy. And it had the police chief. They were riding two guys on the same motorcycle. And, and Mark beeps at him and he waves and they say, hey, Pastor Mark, and they keep going. Well, about three or four minutes later, all of a sudden this moto pulls up right next to us and they wave us down. And Mark gets out and he talks to him. They're talking Creole. I can't, I don't understand what they're saying. And he comes back in and he says, man, he said, God, God's so good. I, I said, I said, what happened? He said, they need a battery. Their truck is down. That battery costs about 150 bucks. He said, so they, they saw me and they know that we help the community so much that they turned around and said, hey, our police truck doesn't have a battery. We can't afford it. Can, do you guys have any money? Do you have any battery that you can give us so we can actually just start our police truck and keep it going? And Mark said, no, I don't have a battery, but we'll buy one for you. And he said, I told him to come back tonight and I, I'd have a battery waiting for actually he said he said I, I told him to go to a store buy the battery put it on credit and then come up and, and show us that they got the battery tonight you know when, when they come back and and so later that after we go to work we come back that evening we we get back to the compound and there's a police truck sitting right there and it's running and the guy's just biggest smiles on their face like hey we got our battery and mark mark told me he said he said you know justin this is what i've learned he says, it's pretty dangerous here in Jeremy, and it is. We, everywhere we go, we're with security, and they're all, they're all packing, like, you know, 9 millimeters, 45s, they're, they're packing. And they, they wear bulletproof vests a lot of times, depending on where we go. It's, it's kind of dangerous. and I mean, it's safe. It's safe. In a dangerous sort of way. They keep us safe. We, we've never been scared. They keep us safe. But he said, you know what I found out? As I invest in the police, they invest in us. As I invest in SWAT, they invest in us. When I need protection, those guys are there for us. And there have been times that I've needed protection where they were just there. He said, so yeah, it's a $150 battery, but I'd be stupid not to buy that battery for them because they keep us safe. And I said, I said Mark, you're not buying that battery. New Song is buying that battery. And so, so we, bought a, we, we bought a battery for a police chief, for a police truck, 
at 150 bucks because things are very expensive in Haiti. Think about it. Everything has to be imported. Everything. And we bought that battery. I tell you, that police chief, he shook my hand like five times. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I mean, just so, so happy. I thought he was going to give me a hug. And he was a big man, and I didn't want to hug him. Because <laughs> he was sweaty, and I was sweaty, and I just wasn't in the mood, you know? But God takes care of us so that we can take care of others. And God will speak to you. God will speak to you. He will speak to you. Through the Word of God, and the whisper of God, and the whenever of God. And we have to make the most of every opportunity. And this is the call, new song. Hear his voice. Do not live in opposition to his word. Do not do that. That is unwise. The wages of sin is death. It's destruction if you, if you go down that path. Don't don't defend your sin. Don't defend it. Don't tell people that God said it was okay, because it's not. We do not live in opposition to the word of God. God speaks to us through his word, and he speaks through us through whispers. But we need to spend time in his presence. We need to hear his voice and hear his whisper. And we need to make sure it aligns itself with the word of God. And if it does not, it is not a whisper of God because he will never contradict his word. And then when it, whenever there's a whenever opportunity, you have to take advantage of it. You have to. And the Bible says that he will supply all of our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Like I, so so I'm, I'm blessed to be a blessing. God takes care of me so I can take care of others. And sometimes I say, well, God, this is gonna cost me something. Where is this gonna, but I'm just gonna do this by faith because I've heard the whisper of God and I know the word of God. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take advantage of this opportunity by faith. And God always supplies all of our needs. He always does. He always does. Always does. Could we live our lives in absolute surrender to Christ? Could we live our lives like that? Could we live our lives according to the word of God, listening to the whisper of God, and taking advantage of the whenever of God? Could we live our lives like that? And if we did, this world would be changed. It would be turned upside down, I promise you, for the glory of his name. Let's bow our heads. Speak to us, Lord. Through your word, through your whispers, and through the whenevers. And give us hearts of obedience based upon our sincere love for you as we live for the glory of your name. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. Find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ. All you have to do is go to newsongplymouth.church connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.